Welcome everyone. We're about to begin with Hashem BPW number 18. That's Bias Panimi, Share for Women, Share number 18. Uh, the first thing we need to know about marital intimacy is that it's not a necessary evil. It's not something that's impure, tame, in that we have no choice but to do it. On the contrary, it's the most Kaddish thing in the world. It's the unification between husband and wife that's literally Kaddish Kadashim and brings down the presence of the Shechina. Another thing that's important to know is that marital intimacy is not supposed to be done in a very serious, solemn, um, pressured way, but it needs to be done with the maximum amount of joy and of pleasure and of passion. We talked in other shiurim about the difference between kalos, which means a certain lightheartedness and friendliness and warmth and joyfulness and playfulness, versus kalos reish, which is frivolous, which is crossing that line. But it needs to be with a joyful, happy, freely, uninhibited pleasure and passion. The Rambam brings down a Hilchas Ishus, Perak Tesvav, Pasik Halachal Yudzayin, that a couple should come to, uh, to intimacy with a mutual desire and a mutual joy. Gemara Brachas talks about how some of the greatest Amiroim also would first converse with their wives to arouse desire, and to it's clear that um, this needs to be a certain renewal and eschatshus. This is not just for a chassan when he's being taught chassan classes and a kala who's being taught kala classes. This concept applies by people who are married for years, and even decades. The Eschatshus. The Gemara Nedarim Davchafam Abayz mentions that one is allowed to converse with his wife during the act of intimacy as long as the conversation is limited to that act of intimacy. And the Rosh explains there that it's in order to increase one's passion, and it's brought down in Allah this one. Now, of course, we need to understand when you learn some Sifrei Musr or some Paiskim that, um, you know, you read the words saying that if one engages in marital intimacy for the sake of indulging one's desires, that's a very negative thing. And from all the sources that we've been bringing down in previous Shurim, in many of these Shurim here, we see that the truth be told is that it is only when the indulgence of lust is isolated as an interest and a goal within itself. That's negative. But if the sexual desire is used as a component of achieving that state of love, that state of affection, then it becomes very positive and necessary. This is really the panemius, the internal uh, understanding of the medrash that we had brought down in previous shiurim, when the women brought in the midbar brought their mirrors to Moshe Rabbeinu to be used for the mishkan. Moshe originally rejected them. Why? Because their usage is used to entice the yetsahara. 
And then Hashem said to Moshe, no, take them. They're more precious to me than everything else because it was through them that the women perpetuated the, the children in Mitzrayim, like we know that Medrash of what they did to encourage their husbands to have children in Mitzrayim. So one way of explaining this back and forth is that Moshe Rabbeinu initially, when he saw the mirrors, he felt that it was something that needs to be rejected. Why? Because it's true, the usage of it could become a facilitator for a real unhealthy um, unhealthy and impure indulgence of desires. I mean, many prostitutes use mirrors. And lust desire for its own sake is indeed negative and leads to gross physicality stripped away from spirituality we mentioned many times that the sexual aspects needs to be in a human being not just Jews but in any human being three components physical emotional and spiritual so if it's only physical it's an ugly thing so Moshe was, for that reason, weary, very weary, and wanted to reject those mirrors. But what Hashem revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu is, is that when these mirrors are used to the arousal of desire as a means towards the Shem Shemayim, whether it's towards the very existence of Klai Yisrael, which took place in the, in the Midbar, or any mitzvah l'shem shemayim, not just pruru, but the mitzvah of oina and the chibur of a, the, the, the unification of a husband and wife in order to bring the shechina down. That shechina, the shalom, should be shayra in homes of Klai Yisrael. Then those very mirrors become objects that are worthy to be as holy vessels in the Migdash. So we see from here that when passion, when desire is used as a means towards the goal of Kedusha, of keeping mitzvahs, of connecting with one's husband, and thus making uh, uh, the, having the Shechina dwell in your home, and it's not an end in and of itself, then it is a very worthwhile thing. It's very meaningful. It's fulfilling the purpose of creation. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought this taiva into this world. We know that famous Chazal, that when, that when they daven to get rid of uh, the Yetzirah, first of Avaydezara, and Hashem listened, and the, we don't understand the Yetzirah of idol worship. But the Chazal also wanted to nullify the desire for Arias and couldn't do it. The world ceased to procreate without it. So you see, Hashem put it here for a Tayelas. There are many beautiful sources in the Zoyar that stress this physical union. In Parshas Kedoshin, Daf Pe'alef, it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu dwells on that which is one. And when is a person considered one? When a male, husband, female, wife, are together, and they become sanctified with the heavenly Kedusha. When a, ma- when a person is engaged in the bonding in marriage, one male, one female, and once the she proper Kedusha, then they're called one. And therefore, a man must make rejoice and make his wife happy at that time. So they should both have that same desire for it. 
so that they will achieve complete unity both in soul and in body. So the soul unity with the body combined is the tachlis here, to combine Gashmias and Ruchnias for a holy purpose. When you marry only half, male and female physically bond, they become like one body, and as a result, they are one soul and one neshama, they're called one person, in the deepest sense of the word. Another Zayar says, Pashas Bereshis, Daf Memtes, that if someone engages in marital intimacy with his wife, he must first speak sweet, encouraging words to her to arouse strong feelings of love and endearment in order that they both go into it with a mutual desire without any sense of feeling coerced or pressured. And what he's saying here, the Zayar, is, you know, these psychologists seem like it's a new thing, but we know this for thousands and thousands of years. That's what emotionally in, emotional intimacy actually is. That, that connection of love and endearment. It even brings down, to the extent it's brought down in, in, in other Zayar, that the limbs, meaning the, the, the body itself, the limbs of the body, when they become sanctified during marital intimacy, when they're doing it, L'Shem Shamayim, it's like the wood of the carbon oila that takes hold of that fire on top of the Mizbeach. So we don't even realize how high and holy it is. And when this very sexual desire is used for this purpose, it is Kaidish Kadashan. Now, just a note um, on giving the Shiurim, just want to express a particular guideline that I was advised to do, especially in the Shiurim, is that. When it comes to uh, marital intimacy details, explicit details, uh, I will not be that explicit. When it comes especially to if people have questions on whether certain things are okay or not okay, um, what I was advised to do is not to go into those aspects in the shiurim, but rather... If privately a couple wants to ask, they could WhatsApp me and I will try to get whatever halachic authority or the balance privately to address those particular things. And when it comes to explicit things that are permitted according to all opinions and it's not really an issue, uh, sometimes I will be explicit and sometimes not. And, and you know, that's not really the the purpose of the shiurim. Um it is, in a certain sense, also, because it is important to get that adracha from the right people, and you know the right people for the for the women for, from their whether kala teachers if they're kalas, or you know women therapists, marriage counselors, and for the men for the men, and so on and so forth. So, when I give the shiurim, I'm probably going to give it more in an overview type of way. Or just bring references for you to look up yourselves when it comes to these particular issues. On the men's side, I may be a little more open. Um, but on the women's side, I simply cannot. But I will say, though, I'll bring a maramokin for the hu- your husbands to look up, or you could look up with them, or whatever, 
The Gemara Masech the Shabbos Kuf Mem Amid Beis two forty, one forty page one forty, the second Amid talks about Rav Chizda gives advice to his daughters regarding marital intimacy, and the article over there explains what those things are. But the main Nakuda of this particular shear is not those explicit things, but rather just simply to say in a general way that every husband and wife, it's very important to try to, as much as possible, to do their hishtadlis, to keep their intimate life fresh and invigorating, just like their whole relationship should be fresh and invigorating. We're talking about this subject here pertaining to marital intimacy, but it is very true with all aspects of the relationship in life. When you're spending time together, doing things together, going go on dates together, start with a new freshness. If things you feel are getting a little stale, you have to really try to refresh the relationship. It applies to all aspects of the marriage outside the bedroom as much as inside the bedroom with respect, with the love, gentleness, communication, a deliberate effort to cultivate that, a fun, enjoyable relationship with one another, and that is a priority. Newlyweds, of course, very often have this naturally, but as one is married for a longer period of time with the pressures and everything else, it takes work and it takes intentionality and purpose to, to get to the mode to say, I'm going to be meschadish in my marriage. I'm going to keep it fresh. I'm going to keep it beautiful. And that applies with outside the bedroom, taking hikes together, walking, um, whatever it is, bowling, restaurant, what, whatever it is that you both could enjoy, to go ahead and do it. And when it comes to the intimate life as well, it is very, very important to keep that fresh and to keep that going. Now, one aspect of it is obviously the idea of tiredness. It's a chronic problem. It's a chronic problem because a lot of times we're just an onus with that. We don't have a choice. We're just wiped out. We don't get enough sleep. The truth is, is sleep is a big enemy of, of intimacy. Lack of sleep, sleeplessness is an enemy of healthy intimacy. Sleeplessness or having lack of sleep is an, is an enemy of, <laughs> of good midas very often. You get more irritable. Now again, m- many of us in many situations don't have the choice. You know, we're so tired. We have young kids. Some of them wake up in the middle of the night. We have to take care of them. We have long hours. So, of course, um, when we talk about, okay, go, you know, go to sleep, you know, what am I supposed to do? But... For many of us, and even for those that it's difficult, we need to somehow figure out ways to get that sleep, to get that rest, even if it's not enough, but to the point where we're not dead tired, to the point where we could be alert and to be able to be together in an intimate way and enjoy it. Sometimes it takes some planning. Sometimes it takes some ingenuity. Sometimes it takes when... There is a long Shabbos afternoon where you decide you'll be intimate Matzah Shabbos. And on a long Shabbos afternoon, you take turns. You're both dead tired. 
And someone has to watch the children. They're that age. So you switch off. You go there to sleep for two hours. I'll watch the kids. When you wake up and you're more rested, we'll switch. These type of things, whatever needs to be worked out, to be worked out. And many times, as busy as we are, we know we could somehow, we could work out going to sleep an hour uh, hour earlier or a half hour earlier. There's ways to get naps. There's ways to go about it. Um, Sometimes we know we're we're staying up because we're busy uh, with things that are not, you know, urgent and not that important. And we need that proper sleep. So proper sleep is very, very important for everything in marriage, but also for the marital intimacy to keep it fresh and to keep it, um, you know, exciting. When you're rested, it's a whole different, you know, different thing. Now, if they're both very tired, you know, they need to push it off. It's understandable. Uh, If you're going to wait till you're fully rested, it'll never happen. We talked about this before. Therefore, there needs to be a certain balance. Sometimes you know you need to keep at it, even if you're both somewhat tired, to still be intimate. Otherwise, you know, if too much time goes by, it becomes a bad habit of, of withdrawing from one another. And ultimately, it could lead to a sort of a drifting apart and not connecting. But whatever that could be done to get that well-earned rest, it's Kadai to really, really work on trying to get that rest. It's not just important for marital intimacy. It's important for every aspect of our lives. It helps with weight loss for those who have to lose weight. It helps with anxiety and depression. It helps together with eating you know, healthy. It helps with our overall moods and our overall motivations. And, and it's extremely, extremely important. Remember, just as a side, Ravigdamel used to talk about it a lot. There was a bucher that was anxious and depressed and a nervous wreck and was falling apart, almost to the point of a nervous breakdown. And he sort of saw through it that he didn't really have, you know, major psychological problems, although the bucher thought he did. And he just gave him very, very clear instructions. You listen to me. And he gave him exactly, you eat three square meals a day, a healthy breakfast, lunch, and supper. You go to sleep at this time. You wake up at this time. Gave him exact formula. Within six weeks to eight weeks, this bacha was a brand new person. A lot of times in marriage, it's like that too. A lot of problems, even emotional problems, that you think it's the end of the world about something. But all it really requires is that reset button. Somehow, if you need a babysitter to get that rest, it sounds crazy. Uh, uh, you know, to you know, to 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 you know, but you do that sometimes. Just like you had a babysitter to, to go out. Sometimes, you know what? Stay here an extra hour or two. Um, you know, we, we just want to rest, whatever. Whatever you need to do, whatever it takes. It's very important to be creative about it and get your, the rest you need in order to enhance your life in general and married, marital intimacy in particular. The Gemara in the Dharam, Davchaf Bays discusses also aspects of marital intimacy and it talks there that although a woman to verbally demand it is problematic but it's praiseworthy for her to dress up or adorn herself so the husband will be attracted to her will want to engage in intimacy and women really recognize this on their own husbands need to recognize on their own what their obligations are when it comes to 
these aspects, which we're going to stress on the other side of the mechitza here. And the key really is, when we're talking about these subjects, is to understand that marriage is the overall relationship and connection. And that there is a complete oneness on whether it is the Nida period or the Tara period, period, whether it's interacting in the bedroom or outside the bedroom. Once a marriage is developed to the point where they feel that they are one in that sense, it's one life, it's just that they're expressing themselves in various ways of showing their love and affection and respect in certain times in a certain ways and in other times in other ways the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to, it is then, then one learns to be very comfortable about the bedroom aspects as well. Because it is a real healing connection. And we will talk about this more Be'ezus Hashem in upcoming Shiorim. But to be Messiah again of what I said in the middle of this year, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed it in every man and woman this tendency, this sexual desire, and it's meant for a purpose. It is there for a reason. And the main reason is, is the healthy expression of it as husband and wife. And it's meant there, obviously, like in the Dara of Mitzrayim, to perpetuate, to have children, and to continue the existence of Klai Yisrael. But equally so, the mitzvah of Aina and bringing the Shechina down, with the shalom between a husband and a wife. And when people learn Zayar, it brings down so much about this, that every time there's a unification between a husband and a wife down here, there's a tremendous unification in the worlds above. And it's a beautiful thing. And you're participating in being an Oivet Hashem. There's no difference in your Avdas Hashem whether you're in shul by Ne'ilah Yon Kippur, whether you're engaged in mar- marital intimacy in your bedroom with your husband on any given night. And it's the same avoda. may not feel the same way. You feel more uh, solemn and more reg- recognizing that significance of it on Ne'ilah Yon Kippur. But it is truly significant. It is not to be underestimated. And as... By newlyweds, very often, they hyper-focus on this area very often because they're excited, it's new, and, and, and they have that strong drive for it and so on and so forth. And they need to learn to balance it the other way, realize there's other aspects in marriage that are extremely important, equally and even more important in many ways, that you can't just focus on bedroom things. You have to focus on everything else in life that you have to work together on, 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 on working through your characters and talk communicating healthy and so on and so forth. With married couples that as years go by, many have the opposite problem, that they're under-focusing on this area. And they need to bring back that focus to heal marriages. That's both for men and for women equally. Brachanat